So Baruch Hashem, tonight we're going to continue what we discussed last time, which last time we were discussing um, kashering uh, appliances for Pesach. Um, today we'll be discussing uh, plates, um, dishes, silverware, various other utensils in the house, kashering them for Pesach. Um, some of this would also apply for the rest of the year um, if it happened to you know get trafed up for whatever reason. Um, sometimes it's a little bit different for Pesach, sometimes we're more machmir, sometimes we're more mekel, so it's a different situation each time, so I don't want to get into, say it applies for everything, but um, these are general kashrin guidelines, um, but more specifically for Pesach. Um, before we actually go into the appliances, though, I want to just do a quick review of the general methods of kashrin that we discussed last week. So the first one is the boon. Um, which would be making something, uh, heating it up to the point that it glows uh, white and sparks fly out of it. Um, the bun, uh, the bunkal, which is a lower form, would be heated to the point where if you suck a straw to the opposite side, uh, the one that's not on the fire, and it touched it and it would, the straw or, or the piece of paper would get singed, that's the bunkal. Um, that suffices for some things um, and is about the same level as Hagala. And Hagala is when you take something and dip it in boiling water and then take it out and for most items run uh, run it under cold water immediately after Hagala. And the reason is when something's heated um, the taste, com- the, the tam comes out of the, the kli and if it's still warm and the water which has the taste of isor in it is still on the kli, then as it cools down, because the the pores, so to speak, of the clear open, so it will reabsorb the the taste of isur, and that would kind of make the whole kashring aspect pointless. So for most things, we run the uh, so silverware is a good example. So you want to kasher a spoon, so you dip the spoon in, hot, in boiling water, and pull it out after a few seconds and run it immediately under cold water. That way you wash away any of the water that has a tiny sore in it and therefore the spoon stays kosher and you're you're good to go. Yeah. Can you do a couple of kelim at once? Or yeah, and you can do a couple of kelim at once. The only issue is you have to make sure that let's say you're doing a few kelim at once, each one has to be totally immersed in the water, meaning they can't be connected. It has to be, so the best way to do it is if, let's say you're doing a number of pieces of silverware and you have like a, a like a metal cage or something, like you drop it cage. into the, the water, so you just kind of zhuzh it around a little bit to make sure that everything kind of moves and the water touches everything, and therefore it, it, we you can pull it out like that. With kelim um, and hagalah, you can do them half a kli at a time. Mm-hmm. Ideally not, but if it was a big kli um, and you don't have a big enough pot, so you could do one half the kli and then you like know, rinse it off. ladle or something? Uh, no, I was thinking more like a big, you have like a big oh. pot or something that you can only do one half the pot at a time. So you do one half, take it off, rinse it, then do the other half, take it out and rinse it. Um, but for smaller kelim, you can do them all at once as long as you make sure that the water does touch or does you know has full access to the entire kli. Um And then there's eroid kli rishon, which suffices for a kli sheni or something that may have become taref or was mahmitz um, from eroid kli rishon. So let's say you had a um, 
the sink is a good example where you're not cooking in the sink. The sink isn't normally a clearishon. So what you do with the sink is you pour hot water on it, and it suffices because it was it became tareh for machmit whatever it is with the iroi from the pouring from the the actual kli that was used to cook. So therefore, you can also take out the isor with the same thing. You can always go up in level, meaning something only requires hagalah, and you want to do libun, kolakavol, you can do libun, there's no problem with that. But if something requires libun, and you do hagalah on it, then it doesn't help. So something that requires libun is something that the food was directly cooked on the item. So if someone puts bread on a blech, the blech would require libun. Most blechs can't handle libun, so better to sell the blech for Pesach and buy a new Pesach one. Um, or a barbecue grill. A barbecue grill is also one that wouldn't need Libun because the food's cooked directly uh, on the, the, the grate of the grill itself. Libun, actual Libun, not Kal. Not Libun Kal. The lid of the grill could be, would only need Libun Kal because you don't actually cook the food on the grill. There's, sometimes there's splatter of the food on the grill or the, the steam definitely gets into the, the lid of the grill. So if you were to kasher go, and we discussed it last time, there are certain ways to kasher it. Ideally, you should get a Pesach one, but if not, or get a, you know, if you can get, just get a cheap one every year, um, it's also a good option. You can use the same propane tank, that's not a problem. Um, the issue is just the, the grill itself. Um, but if you were to try and do it, you could clean out the grill and cover the entire thing, fill it up with charcoal entirely and light the whole thing on fire and just let the charcoal all burn out and you know cover it while the charcoal is burning with the lid. Obviously leave the holes open so the oxygen gets in so it'll keep burning. Yeah. Um, and that would suffice. There's a couple other things that can be done. So we discussed it last year, or last year. Um, and if we wanted to... to actually do that in practice um you know come 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 see me or call me and we'll we'll work that out um and other items only need to be washed there are certain things um, we'll see um that really because they don't ever really get involved in the cooking process they only make require washing some people are mahmir um to either do erotically be shown or to do hagalan those items and yeah, so let's go into the Kaleem in the kitchen. Um, the Safer has a number of uh, Kaleem listed. Uh, we'll just go through them one by one. If, you, if I don't cover a Kaleem and you want to ask, please please do. And for those of you listening to this in the recording, if I don't cover a Kaleem and you want to ask, please shoot me a message, call me, um, whatever it may be. The first one we have this is baby bottles. So, ideally one should buy a new baby bottle for Pesach. And the reason is that they're very hard to clean. Um, by actually, even since they're plastic, they definitely need a new one for Pesach for Sfaradim. Uh, we hold that you can do Agala on plastic for Pesach, and therefore you could technically do it. Um, they would have to be uh, cleaned very well. You have to really get into the bottle and make sure all the residue is removed um, and then at that point you could either do hagalah with them or uh, pour hot water all over them and inside them and that would uh, that would suffice um, but again because it's very difficult to do baby bottles like this 
it's better just to get new ones for Pesach. In, in general, it's better if the item is not too expensive, it's better to have Pesach-specific ones because you don't have to worry about koshering them. You just keep them from year to year for, for Pesach. Um, for larger appliances like an oven or you know, a new kitchen or something, that it's not so feasible to get for Pesach every year. But these smaller items, um, it's definitely better to have them specifically for Pesach and then keep them from year to year. Um, and you know, as years go on, you can they'll, they'll last a lot longer than you, if you were to use the item in the kitchen in day to day life because you're only using it for eight days a year. Um, blenders, if they're cleaned thoroughly, would require hagalah um, because um, sometimes they're used with hot water. Sometimes they're um, what you call the the blades themselves. They also they get hot as they're chopping through things. The blades themselves would require agala. Um, the whole blades would be, um, they themselves really would need agala. The rest of the blender would really need you to be shown. But since blades are very difficult to remove from the blender and sometimes it's impossible, the screws under a cap or whatever it is, also probably better to get a Pesach specific blender. What if it's something that never came into contact with Hamas, for example? Let's so, say you use the blender only for to mix fruit juices. Would that still need so a if it's or? if it's something that was never used with chametz and you're very sure of that, then technically, um, all it would need you would just need to clean it. Okay. And it was soap, water, um, ideally hot water, um, just clean it. Okay. Um, Does it matter if the sink is not kosher or pesach? Um, so it, it probably would be better to kosher the sink for Pesach and then do okay. it, but even still, the faucet at worst has a status of something that was Mahmoud's from Iroi Kli Rishon, okay. which it, it, uh, it'd be hard-pressed to say that it would that it would the Iroi from a Kli that was made Hamid's from an Iroi Kli Rishon would, we don't normally try, you know, go that far with it, so even then it should be fine, but you could use warm water, technically okay. could use cold. Ideal, warm is just the ideal, or hot really is the, the ideal, just to make sure everything's clean. Um, some people have custom, even though they know it was ever used with chametz, they'll do um, a gala anyway. In this case, because it's clean, it was ever used with chametz, you can just you know clean it very well. You don't have to really take apart everything and then do the hagala. You could just, just do it. Um, and in that case, you should be fine. Uh, brooms, ideally you should get a new broom for Pesach, and the reason is that a lot of time, you know, we're sweeping the floor, pieces of bread, crumbs get stuck in there, and normally we say with crumbs, it's less than a kazait, and because it's, 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 uh, basically dirt that's stuck in there, it's been there forever, it's pagum, however, we also say on Pesach that there is no dean of batel, or, or bitul, with, uh, chametz, and so therefore, um, there, some chamim are worried with the broom that when you're sweeping a piece of chametz might kind of break out and land on someone's plate or whatever it may be. Um, brooms typically aren't that expensive, so again, probably just better to get a new one for Pesach anyway. Vacuum. Vacuum, don't need to get a new vacuum for Pesach. That's fine because the vacuum's a little different and sucks everything inside. Um, probably should wash the vacuum out and the broom, the, the brush or broom attachment of the vacuum should be cleaned um, or like the very least sprayed with Windex to just make it, you know, pagum. Um, 
yeah, can openers. Um, can openers technically they they don't even require hagala because they're not using it to cook anything. You're just opening a can. Um, but since sometimes you open cans that have different, uh, you know, they get different spices and different so. things on them. Um, it's better to get a new one for Pesach simply because they're difficult to clean. Um, so do with that what you will. A crock pot cannot be kosher for Pesach ever. Uh, and that's because it is ceramic and ceramic we can't kosher for Pesach. Anything earthenware is not able to be kosher for Pesach or really in, in general. Um, but certainly for Pesach ceramic, you, you can't kosher it. So the crock pot you use all year round can't use for Pesach. The only exception would be there are certain um, brands that the crock pot, instead of being a ceramic pot that's put inside the um, the base, the base is more of like a small hot plate. And then the, um, the crock, instead of being ceramic, is a, a steel or aluminum crock that, that gets put on the base. That you could technically caution for Pesach. Um, it would need to be cleaned very well all the cracks and crevices cleaned out scored um leave it sit for 24 hours and then you could technically do hagalah on that um but even still probably just better to get a new one for pesach a lot of things that we said are better to just get a new one for pesach other than uh, the appliances obviously since we're going to be using them on pesach and it's hard to just replace the entire kitchen um we're, we're a lot more lenient in, in costuring those, but certain things, um, and s certainly smaller items, um, we're trying to say just get pays off specific items. Uh, cutting board, same thing, get a new cutting board, um, especially if it's like a wood one where you know, cracks and crevices get very deep and you have to get in there and really get everything out, just put it away, sell it with the chametz, and get a new cutting board. Um, if anyone has dentures or braces or anything like that so braces are a little different because they're attached to your teeth so they kind of have the same din as teeth so you don't need to stick your face in boiling water to catch your denture your, your braces if you have those um braces just need to be cleaned um could be it's better not to eat hot chametz with the braces for 24 hours but even then that's a bit of a stretch because again they're just attached to your teeth um and uh with dentures though um, that would be better to not have chametz for 24 hours, and then Invisalign? one... What? Invisalign? Invisalign? Um, probably be the same thing as a denture. Oh, so if you have Invisalign, I don't know, do you eat with Invisaligns? You can make it off, right? No, you take, you, you take it, it off you to take eat. It off. So Invisalign, it would be the same thing. You should, probably should clean them just because right. you put them on, you, sometimes you get food residue and things built up right. in there. Um, so dentures, bite, uh, bite plates, um braces you can take off one whatnot they should be cleaned uh, with soap and water after the last chametz meal um and if you want to be stringent wait 24 hours um to kosher it but that's not um necessary but if you have rubber bands for the braces um those need to be replaced before pesach drinking glasses and dishes so here's where um we get into a little bit of fun with glass. So glass is mentioned a bunch of times in the Gemara. However, the there is no Talmudic source for kashering glass. What's it called in the Gemara? 
Zichuchit. Yeah, Zichuchit. And it's the same glass we have now. Same glass. Okay. Um, so the, the question's like this. There's nothing in the Gemara that says how to kosher glass. The only discussion in the Gemara regarding glass is whether it is able to be mekabel tumah or not. Um, and also whether it requires tevila or not. So the Chachamim say that just like... Um, um, uh, even though it's like earthenware, um, and therefore Midiraita does not is not Mikabel Tuma, Midirabanan it is. And um, since it's like metal, Midiraita does not require Tevila, but uh, Midirabanan it does require Tevila. So, on a side note, if you're going to the Mikveh to be tovel a bunch of items, better to make the Biracha on something metal. Um, than glass um, because glass is only derabanan, metal is deraita. Um, if you get only glass, if you have only glass, you make the beracha on glass. So the glass still requires the beracha because it's chayim derabanan. But if you have the choice between a metal or glass, then the ideal is metal. Um, but in terms of how do we treat glass in terms of kashering, so because it's like earthenware and and it's like metal, there's actually three opinions as to how glass works. One of them, which is the general Ashkenazi approach, um, is that glass cannot be koshered. Um, and for Pesach, most Ashkenazim follow this strict opinion, glass cannot be koshered for Pesach especially if it was like Pyrex or something that was used with hot glass or with, with hot food um, directly in, in, in the oven or um, if you made a soup in a glass pot or, uh, or something like that, whatever it is, um, if that were the case, then most Ashkenazim would say you can't kosh for Pesach. However, um, there is a minority opinion, which is the opinion of the Shah, which says glass can be koshered. Um, and for something like you, it was a meat glass that hot milk dropped onto or whatever it is or it becomes like a Basar B'chalav issue so there are some Ashkenazim that would say you could be you could kosher the glass however the other opinion regarding glass is the opinion of Maran which is brought down in uh, Saif uh, Taftun Aleph, sorry, Saif in which is Glass, no matter what you use it for, even if it was used with hot foods, doesn't require Heksher. Glass does not absorb anything. You can clean glass or kasha glass simply by cleaning it. You take glass, take soap, take water, clean the glass. The glass is kosher for Pesach. The glass is kosher to be used with meat and or dairy. Separately, Obviously, not on the same plate, but I could literally go from, I could take my Pyrex, cook a steak, 
Take the stick off the Pyrex. Clean the Pyrex. And right, let it cool down and clean it, because if I clean it while it's hot, it's probably going to shatter. Let it cool down. Two hours later, make a cheese lasagna in it. Cheese lasagna is completely and utterly kosher, and there's nothing to worry about. You have to wait two hours? No, I'm saying you wait two hours so you can clean it so it cools down. Oh. You don't have to wait any amount of time. Okay. Technically, if you could clean it immediately, okay. you could, and as long as it was ab- absolutely clean, mm-hmm. you could take off the meat and put on something cheese, and you're good to go. And it's completely and utterly kosher. And this is Maran Shulchanuch. This is Chabab in Yabi Omer. Um, actually, two places in Yabi Omer. One is um, in Orachaim, Chalik uh, Dalid. And the other one, I think, is. Um, there's another one, I think, in Yuridea, Chalik Dalid as well. Um, I have to I have to find the second one, but all, but the, for sure he says you be Omer Or Chaim Chalik Dalid and Siman Mem Aleph, and he even says there that anything Duralex, Pyrex, anything that's glass, whether it's regular glass plates or glass that's specifically engineered to be used at higher temperatures, clean it and you're good. Uh, there is an old Zion that says it's better to do Hagalah in glass simply because especially if, if it's used as a, like a Pyrex, because it's used directly with heat. Um, if you want to follow that opinion, you could do Hagal on the glass. Um, don't run it under cold water immediately afterward because it will shatter. And at that point, there's no point in doing Hagalah. So uh, if you want to do Hagalah, but um, it's not necessary. Uh, this applies not just for Pyrex, but also for plates, or even more so for plates, because plates are a cliché knee at, at most. You're not normally cooking directly on a regular plate, cooking in a pot or a pan. Regular um, glass. Regular glass plate um, you can is a cliché knee. Um, not a problem. Glass cups, not a problem. Clean with soap and water, good for Pesach. Uh, drying rack. Clean with soap and water, good for Pesach. Garbage cans sh- ideally should be rinsed out. Um, could even use cold water. You don't have to like take boiling water and clean the garbage can. Um, and certainly don't have to light the garbage can on fire um, and burn it. <laughs> you, yeah, garbage cans do not require libun. And actually, according to Rav Yashiv, doing libun on a garbage can is an isoderaita. Because um, there's most likely cheese in there, and there's most likely meat residue in there, or milk, or whatever it is, and it could be an issue of bishul basar bechalav. As far as I know, somebody don't hold like that, but um, better just be safe and not light your garbage can on fire. Kiddush cups uh, can wash with hot water and soap. Um, if you want to do hagalah, there is a custom to do hagalah in the kiddush cup anyway. Um, um, hot water, soap, you're good. The reason for hot water as opposed to cold water is because a lot of times the kiddush cups on the table with the chala and this and that, and sometimes things get mixed in it and it sits and, uh, and stuff goes on with it and it sits on the table and all the food comes out and whatever. But hot water and soap, you're good. Um, mixers, get a new one for Pesach. Especially if you make chala in the mixer. Get a new one for Pesach. It's not worth it. 
pans. Pans made of Teflon cannot be koshered, even through Libun. And the reason for this is because Teflon will be destroyed by Libun. So, because you're not going to go destroy your pans just to be in the kind of the of Pesach, can't use Teflon pans on Pesach if they're used throughout the rest of the year. You could, however, if you bought new Teflon pans for Pesach, you can use those on Pesach. Or you have Pesach pans that are made with Teflon. Teflon in and of itself is not an issue on Pesach. It's the fact that Teflon um, can't be koshered. So, if it's used with Chametz, the Teflon is Chametz. Ad Um... If, however, the Teflon pan was used with a substantial amount of oil, or was only used with, um, like, making soups... Uh, not eggs. Uh, more something like it was making soups, or liquid, higher liquid-based um, dishes. Not something where, like, you put a little bit of oil to, like, grease the pan. No, it has to be, like, a, a substantial amount um, that you could do hagala. That's fine. Um... Pans made of stainless steel can be koshered. Um, if they were used without oil, libun. Used with oil, hagala. Um, and if the pan has residue that can't be removed, so don't use it on Pesach. Um, yeah. Peelers. Um, peelers are generally difficult to clean, even though um, tactically peelers aren't really used with like weed or bread or whatnot because they get washed with. Um, they get washed with all the other uh, kalim. They get thrown in the dishwasher. Um, if it's totally clean and whatnot, um, and you're sure that you got in all the little cracks and crevices of the peeler, hagalah, you're good. Um, rings or other jewelry, clean it. Water, you're good. Don't need to do anything else to jewelry. Um, and the reason I even have to say this is that some people don't bother to take their rings or other jewelry off, uh, especially if they're like needing challah by hand. Um, so we don't say that that little bit of flour dough that might be you know, tucked up inside that ring there is, uh, is a chametz item. Just wash it and you're good. Don't need to do anything else to it. Um, tablecloths and dish towels, aprons, bibs, things like that. Um, they, if they were used with chametz, like most are throughout the year, so they should be washed with detergent in hot water. Um, if the washing machine doesn't get to the temperature of the ounce, let it bow. So you can just use regular detergent um, and just wash it in cold water. And the whole point is that any hummus that might be in it would make it pagum. Um, the hot water would really wash it away. It would, Cold water and and uh, soap would make a pagum and zehu. You're good to go. Um, if you want, you could buy new tablecloths or things for Pesach. Tavala beracha, but make hardin not necessary. Urns. Um, so most water urns are not used with chametz. So technically, you could clean it thoroughly and take the spout and dip it into a kli shown of boiling water. Uh, however, a lot of times urns sit in the kitchen and they get splattered with all sorts of things um, and therefore the urn would probably require hagala. Since the urn is most likely electric, uh, doing hagala on the urn will most likely destroy it and therefore better to get a urn specifically for Pesach. However, a pump urn is a little bit different. So an urn 
and we were talking before, is more than one's, like, you know, $30 Hamilton Beach uh, simple metal urns or the you know, little spout you just pour out of that where the outside of the urn gets to be odds to let it bow. Um, and there, there's the only separation between you know, the water and anything outside is just the wall of the urn itself. A pump urn works differently in that there's an outer casing and then there's a heating element and an inner casing that holds the water. So water is not chametz, it's water, so you can just clean out the inside of a pump urn. Do not do hagalah on the, the top of the plastic piece, don't want to melt it or break it or do anything like that. Um, the outside should be cleaned, um, but you can do that with Windex Lysol, Clorox wipe, something like that. Um, and if you want to be really mahmir, which I would recommend, a couple of days before Pesach, you have a pump urn, just take a little bit of boiling water um, and pour it on the spout of the, um, the pump urn because sometimes, you know, things splatter up in there um, and that's where the, the actual water would come out. But because the pump urn is basically a clee within a clee, the outer clee doesn't do any cooking itself. Um, it just houses the inner clee and the heating element um, and allows the pump function to work. So a pump urn you'd be allowed to use on you'd be allowed to use on, on Pesach um, as long as it was clean on the outside and just clean the inside. Um, try and remove any calcium deposits you can if they're in there, um, and then boil the water and run it through and just clean everything. Um, and washing cups, so they don't have to be kosher you could use the regular one you use all year round as long as it's clean with soap and water um could be it's a good idea to use the hagalah especially to, to do hagalah on it because it sometimes it gets pushed in this thing sometimes it's you know um falls under different kilim or it's uh you know, most people don't have a specific washing sink if you do then you really don't have to do anything you should clean it um just you know Clorox wipe, whatever, just clean it um, to make sure it it it, it um, yeah, clean free of any res clean, nah, clean and free of any residue uh, before Pesach, and then you'll be good to go uh, in that department. Um, but if it's used right next to the sink, you only have one sink in the apartment or one sink in the kitchen, um, so then it could be better to just get another one for Pesach. Um, but again, not not mikardin necessary. Um, and that's a general rundown of utensils in the house. Um, if there are any other questions on utensils or any other thing I didn't cover, um, feel free to shoot me a message or call or, um, WhatsApp. Um, we'll try and get an answer to any specific can you argue? Your number. Um, yeah, so my number is 561-715-2778. That's 561-715-2778. Um, again, feel free to contact me with any uh, Pesach-related questions. Um, I will try to you know, answer anything as best I can and as quickly as I can. Um, you know, I, in, in, uh, in general, I don't like to bask uh, on the Ashkenazi side of things with Pesach because there are many, many differences. Um, and even among the Ashkenazim, there are differences um, you know, in how, ma how machmir uh, we want to get with different things. Um, so I would 
prefer if we keep uh, questions to so far the questions only um, and Mizat uh next week on Wednesday we will either be doing a shiur on Kinyot or on Bidigat Chameitz I'm not entirely sure yet uh, I will let you all know and Sunday I will not be here uh, I will be in deal picking up stuff for Pesach for myself Kotuv uh, we will all have a Chag Kasher Vasameach. I do want to leave one thing, and as I said last week, the car of Pesach is not to make yourself crazy cleaning. The car of Pesach is to get everything ready to have, yes, a, a Chag Kasher, but it also needs to be a Chag Sameach. And we need to be happy, we need to reframe Pesach into a, a, a Chag that, you know, we, have, we come to enjoy that we come to, to celebrate with our families and with our friends and the uh, we, we recognize the, the Yad Hashem in that he took us out of slavery and brought us into freedom and the only freedom is that of serving Hashem and following the Torah there is no freedom there is no Chirut beyond that um, so Bezat Hashem we shouldn't see uh, cleaning for Pesach as Avdut we should see it as Chirut and as cleaning our houses and cleaning our kelim, and uh, in a sense, cleaning ourselves um, to again re-experience the Yitzyam Yitzrayim, and to re-experience Hashem choosing us as the Amal Nifchar, and separating us from the rest of the Goyim, and showing us the way of true freedom. Baruch Amen.